Welcome to the Eye of Terror. Welcome to Episode 5 of the Eye of Terror. I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. So we have an exciting and fun episode. Thanks for sticking around and coming back and listening to Alec and I talk about all things Warhammer. Indeed, we do appreciate your support. We do, uh, especially the folks on Reddit. And uh, speaking on that, we're going to get into uh, a poll that we took on Reddit to find out about the playing frequency of the Reddit audience. It's kind of surprising. Oh, yes. I'm, I, I, I have not read this yet. So, no, I, will, so I will be essentially reacting to this. Yeah, so I'm going to give you some of the results of the poll, which will be kind of interesting. Yes. We'll talk a little bit about our big game that we played yesterday. Oh, yes. Give you guys a battle report of uh, the Necrons versus the Skyhammer Annihilation. uh, What is it called? Skyhammer Annihilation Detachment? I think it's Skyhammer Annihilation Force. Yeah, uh, and and with uh, Blood Angels allies. Oh, and finally, we've got uh, an interview uh, with uh, Jeremy from Next Gen Games. Yes, that'll be very interesting to hear. He's going to be talking about a really awesome uh, Kill Team campaign that he put together for the local Los Angeles community. Yes, so that should be very fascinating. I have not yet played a narrative campaign. So okay, so one day maybe we'll put together a narrative campaign. Perhaps. And then and then we can podcast about how that goes. Questions for the future. Questions for the future, always. So so let's get into this poll oh, yes. that uh, we ran on Reddit's uh, Warhammer 40K uh, subreddit. Uh, so I wanted to find out basically how often people are playing. You and I play once every couple of weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, we usually play one, yeah, once yeah. every couple of weeks. Okay, so I so I asked. This is the question that I asked on 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 the subreddit. How often do you play a game of Warhammer 40k? And so the responses were uh, possible responses were uh, once a week or more, two to three games a month, once a month, once every couple of months, less than six games a year. I rarely play. I just enjoy the hobby aspects of 40K. Or you could fill in your own answer. Any any ideas or any guesses on how the poll uh, came out? Like, what would you think most people would say, respond to that? Well, this is on the dedicated 40K. Yeah, so these subreddit. are definitely 40K fans who take the time and trouble to actually go and register on the 40K subreddit. I'd say, I'd say probably once in a few weeks or once maybe even once a week i'm not entirely sure wow okay maybe even more frequent i don't know okay well that's actually pretty accurate uh in comparison to the poll results so uh i'll i'll tell you what the actual uh, poll numbers came in at so basically 59 percent of the respondents play warhammer more than once a month i thought that was pretty astounding given that the games taste take so long the setup takes so long. It's so complicated that um, I was a little surprised. But again, we are talking to real fans yeah. of the game. If, if they're reading, you know, subreddits on no, Warhammer, I, I definitely see that. I definitely see that. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's not. Well, it does take quite a while, and it's essentially, it's essentially. I didn't see it as like an evening activity. Yeah, especially coming from the 40k subreddit. I would imagine it happened, I would imagine not necessarily like once every week. Right. But certain, but certainly often, certainly. Let me break down, let me break down the the answers with more specificity. So uh, the most popular response was two to three games a month. 27% of the people who answered 
uh, play two to three games a month. And that was, oh, by the way, we got like, we have almost 300 responses. Responses. We got mm-hmm. 299 responses as of the date of this podcast. Wow. I know. So a lot of people actually took the time to, to do the poll. Um, so 27%, 80 people responded two to three games a month. I, that's kind of the frequency we play. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's around the frequency. Okay. And we're pretty dedicated. Yeah. Or, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. So surprising, uh, 19% say they play once a week or more. I, what do you get the time? Wow. That's pretty often. <laughs> I, I know. That's that like, is really often. I know. I, I guess, well, if you've got a regular, you know, store or club that you go to, and yeah. this could be like your, your version of weekend golf, right? Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. But still, 19%, 19%. you know, hey, thumbs up to you guys. <laughs> 13% play once a month. All right. All right. Um, and then 12%. Was the next most popular. They only enjoy the hobby aspects of 40k. Interesting. Okay, I get that. No, I get that. Yeah. Do, do we have we talked about this investor that uh, posted a report from attending a games workshop sort of um, shareholders meeting? What? No. Okay. So okay. a few weeks ago, all over Reddit um, and, right. and all over the the um, blogs was this report from a an investor at Games Workshop who attended a shareholders meeting right. at Games Workshop's headquarters in Nottingham. And then one of the uh, statements that came out from management was they that was that they believed without doing any market research, but they mm-hmm. believe that only 20% of their customers play the game regularly. Interesting, but they did this without any market research. Yeah, they, they, they almost said it as a point of pride. Like, we don't do market research. But um, didn't, don't you think that's remarkable that only 20% of the people who are their customers, their customers are defined by people who buy their miniatures and figurines? Yeah, I find that's that seems odd. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure if that, I don't, I don't know, because if, if it's, true then that's actually quite surprising because it seems like well if it were true that would mean that that 20 percent is a very vocal 20 yeah, percent that is all over the blogs that is you know posting comments on reddit that's basically that 20 percent represents the people who are uploading 40k related content that you and i are exposed to huh so seems, we're a pretty industrious 20 percent that's if it's true if it's true that seems kind of odd that seems like an odd it seems it seems artificially low right yeah it seems like oh what do we say 20 percent just put it put it out there i well, not, well I, don't, I don't think so but there is the old maxim that you know that the old lady 20 rule yeah. like when you have a business like 20 percent of your top clients represent 80 percent of your revenue <laughs> so <laughs> this may be something along those lines uh, uh. Games Workshop said that they're that they're miniatures company and that their customers are you know hobbyists that collect miniatures and you know value the best miniatures in the world. Ah, and, I see. And the whole gaming thing is sort of a side you know venture or just you know an interesting aspect of the hobby, but the hobby being primarily you know building, painting, and collecting miniatures. Oh, Games Workshop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that caused all kinds of ruckus among the 40k community. I would figure. <laughs> right, because I think most 40k members who are online are are people who are playing the game for the most part. Yeah, and that would be sort of a bad justification for what they oftentimes do. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so let's get into some of the I want to talk about some of the other interesting answers um we had. We had individual, we had the opportunity in the poll to um, write your own answer if you wanted to. Uh, one guy said, I've played one game at home in the past six months. Um, and then I played a tourney a little under 12 months ago where I played six to eight matches. 
So oh, wow. <laughs> he played one game at home and then he goes to a tournament and plays six to eight matches. Wow. Another guy says, I play non-core and discontinued DW games such as Epic and Blood Bowl. So I guess he doesn't even play 40K. Okay, so he goes for the, like, oh yeah, the more. The alternative games. Alternative games, yeah. Uh, another guy says, I don't even have any models. Oh, what, what? Thanks, thanks for participating in the poll. <laughs> why, um, would you, why would you answer? I have no interest in, in 40K. I, I'm just here. I yeah. just found this. Yeah, I stumbled into this. Um, I don't, I would if people around me played around my age. Oh, that's, oh, that's I, so I don't know how old this guy is. <laughs> oh, okay. He could be very old and it could be a bunch of young, youngsters, but more likely he's very young. Interesting. And it's a bunch of old people. <laughs> Old guys playing 40k. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, and then, and then gosh. there was one interesting, um, response from, from somebody that I just wanted to get into because he, he like went out and described the whole situation. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to read you his response. And this is from Reddit and it's a gentleman by the name of Bananenbaum. So thank you, Bananenbaum, for, for, um, writing this, uh, comment on the, uh, under the poll. He says, never played a game. My former best friend and I started the hobby, and in the painting phase, he stole all of my models. Since then, I'm just reading the books and kind of watch for Warhammer 40K-related PC games that are good, or let's say, above average. Oh. Isn't that sad? Isn't that horrible? So somebody asks, he stole them, what? So he responded. So Bannonbaum says, yep, we went to our local GW store and bought our first stuff together, he started Black Templar. I went for Space Wolves. Each invested 100 euros since his flat was like two blocks away from the storeway. We directly went to his place to start unboxing and trash talk about the next steps. I took only a few models home to paint because we planned mainly to paint to play at his place because the store was nearby to play with others and he got a bigger flat than me. More space, bigger desk, etc. Two weeks later, I visited him with the painted models and stored them at his place. And went to a bar drinking because, you know, weekend. Last thing I remember, completely drunk, that we talked about our first match with unpainted models at his place. See you next weekend, was his last words we shared. The following weekend, I went to his place. He didn't open the door. Didn't answer the phone. Following week, no communication. Then I got mad and worried and went to the next weekend again to his place. And his neighbor told me he had moved out and got a new flat in another town. Never heard from this guy again. <laughs> wow wow i know yeah um did, uh, this did guy, he like call the cops or something no 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 um he didn't he didn't know this guy all that well he was 18 years old so he didn't oh. really follow up but i mean you can read the rest of the he, he continues to tell the story and people will get models back I know, <laughs> that's a horrible story that's <laughs> i know I'm now, so i'm now gonna be bummed out for the rest of this episode i'm sorry bannon this happened to you so we're very wow. uh, yeah this, wow. that sucks 100 euros you're out i mean and this is Damn. an expensive hobby and if you lost yeah, you know that's... 100 years worth of models you'd be pretty unhappy even worse it's stolen because you know who took it and it is oh that's that's painful yeah ah so uh yeah so interesting so the other mm-hmm. aspect of this of this poll was that we were able to then um actually see where the responses came from all so, right so interesting what do you think the most responses were coming from any any idea we mean like demographic wise oh in the world oh in the world yeah i'd say either u.s or britain uh yes um that is uh succinctly correct <laughs> huh. yes but we also got uh responses from 
as Donald Trump says, China. <laughs> we, we got responses from we got wow i didn't expect that okay. yeah we got responses from china we got responses from australia we got responses from new zealand okay we got responses from germany and france wow yeah uh we got responses from sweden got responses from norway from denmark from finland um where else our diaries said france uh interestingly no responses from anywhere on the continent of africa all right. We got no, nowhere in the Middle East. We didn't get any responses from Mexico, Central America, or South America. And the highest concentration of responses we got were from the UK. Yeah. Okay. And then sort of the northeast of the United States. North, okay. Interesting. Northeast. Now, I, now I'm going to go on a limb there and say that I expected that most people who play 40K in the U.S. would be sort of in the Midwest and South. Oh, interesting. Why? Um, I, you know, I don't know the war game aspect of it, that there would be more of a military tradition and people playing games. And, you know, I'm just going to just horribly stereotype that, you know, <laughs> that, the, that the coasts, you know, oh are, are a little more liberal and probably don't play war games, you know, kind of thing. But that's just a stupid, horrible generalization. Yeah. So that's why I'll never be a politician. You know, those, you know, those Southerners, they love their wars. <laughs> no, that's now not what made, I meant. Like, that's not now, what I meant. Now you've made so many Southern <laughs> listeners hate that's us. That's not what I meant. Forever. We're Although sorry. there were, we did, we did get a, a lot of responses from Florida, from Texas, from Louisiana, from Atlanta, from Georgia. Um, but the, but the, the, and you can go, by the way, you can find this question on Reddit. You can actually see the map and the heat, the heat map that, that indicates where the answers came from. Oh, wow. Um, most of the answers in the U.S. are concentrated around, uh, New York and Philadelphia and Connecticut. Interesting. interesting. Uh, Very Maryland. Interesting. Exactly. Uh, a lot of responses from Michigan, a lot of responses from Chicago, uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis. Uh, we got some from Portland, from Seattle. Um, oh, and then the West Coast had a big, uh, a big showing. So we got a lot of responses from San Diego. Um, and I, that's where uh, I think Frontline Gaming is located. Uh, Los Angeles, uh, mm-hmm. San Jose and San Francisco and Sacramento. So the coasts actually were well represented. The North was well represented. Well, it's kind of all over the United States, but the bulk of the answers came from the East and West Coast. Interesting. I know. Not, not what you, not what I expected. So mostly U.S. and interesting. Mostly U.S. and Europe. Yeah. Uh, well, that, I mean, the game's in English for the most yeah. part. I mean, it is tra- translated on the languages, but it's mostly an English-based game by a British company. So yeah. that's not that surprising. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, you know, w- within the UK, a l- lot of answers in London, Nottingham. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully some uh, some GW employees um, are listening. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm surprised about China, though. Interesting. Yeah. Well, why not? I, I don't see why not. I was just surprised. I was just... Yeah, 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 yeah surprised me. Surprised me too. I didn't, I didn't expect to see any, any Asian countries represented, but, um, there you go. Again, wildly unscientific. Uh, <laughs> there's absolutely no attempts at science whatsoever. There's no attempt at any kind of real research here. It's just a poll daddy search, uh, um, poll that I put together and, um, people answered. They could have answered multiple times. They could have answered, you know, incorrectly. They could have lied. Who knows? But, Who knows? Um, yeah, but it, it's a fun poll and I think gives us some interesting answers. Mostly that people play a lot of Warhammer. Yeah. The people on Reddit play the a lot people. of Warhammer. <laughs> the people on Reddit. They play a lot of Warhammer. Uh, yeah. uh, okay, so I know we're going to uh, get into the battle report in a second. All right. Actually, we're, we're going we're gonna to listen to Jeremy's interview first, and then, all right. and then we'll get into the battle report after that. Well, but right, I did, yeah. did want to do an update on the towel. Oh, yes, the okay. towel. 
the town and so, many rumors. Well, the, I, so we're now as of as of today. We're today's October fourth when we're recording the podcast. Up for pre-order now is the Tau Storm Surge. Indeed, the cover of the new White Dwarf is the Storm Surge, and it looks awesome. Oh yes, we yeah we've gotten we, over the looks. I love it. it. I'm looks. totally into it. We've gotten some new some new rules on it. It's a I think it's a toughness six eight wound gargantuan creature. <laughs> awesome. Um, I I don't have all the rules in front of me, so I'm not going to get into you know what the weapons are and all that stuff. And I'm sure you can find them anywhere. But the pictures have got me convinced. I have to get this model. <laughs> it is so awesome looking. It's so anime looking. It's just badass. It's 150 bucks though. Oh yeah, that's so that's like night prices. <sighs> I know. And then if you get it now, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pre-order it. Um, but oh, if you geez. get it now, you're not gonna know how to build it because I you gotta wait for the Tau Codex to come out to realize, you know, in context, what weapons are you gonna need? You you might even I think the new white dwarf has all the weapons and the and the uh, different options you can take oh that's good yeah so we got to get the new white dwarf but okay, yeah now we have to get <laughs> now we'll get some more money now yeah we spend money in advance of spending money yeah just to make sure so that we can properly spend our money so we know what to do with the money spent <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh uh so um i want to look at the codex before i you know make a commitment oh yeah and the the way GW's been releasing, doing new releases is to wait until the end of the release schedule yeah. um, to release the codex so that you get all excited about the models. You buy them based on the looks and then and then when the codex comes out and you might be disappointed, you wouldn't have got them. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, oh, but I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we have to wait. We have to wait all that time. We have to wait all that time. Thanks, GW. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we get into Jeremy's interview? I think that's it. Okay, great. So when we come back, we'll be uh, listening to uh, Jeremy's interview on the Bad Out War happening at Next Gen Games in Los Angeles. Hi, so I'm sitting here with Jeremy Loith. Luth. Luth. Okay, already I'm off to a great start. Nice to go. Well, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. It's a little noisy out here because we're uh, recording at Next Gen Games and we're in the midst of a big Yu-Gi-Oh concert. Tournament. Not concert, a con- concert. <laughs> I meant tournament. <laughs> you know, card slapping is like music to my ears. That's why. Oh, I- <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, so it's, it's a little noisy because of the tournament, but. Obviously, agreed to spend some time with us talking about uh, 40k. So, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself in terms of 40k. How you got started, and what armies you play. I started 40k over 10 years ago, and there was a Wizards of the Coast shop in Santa Monica, and I used to go and play Counter Strike there on the computers, and I used to play Pokemon. Speaking of card games with my friends and uh, and I saw all those 40k boxes and I saw all the, the nicely painted miniatures in the, in the glass cases and I was always uh, really curious about it and uh, so I worked for my dad during the, during the summer I was a teenager uh, doing, doing painting work and just like like really worked as hard as I could so I could, I could start collecting enough to, to start getting miniatures and I got to this point where I was like, I don't know if I want to, like, I really like Pokemon, uh, but this 40k thing looks kind of cool. And then someone stole all my Pokemon cards. And I was like, all right, 
that's it. I'm just I'm dropping into to 40k and and I did and I never looked back. How, how old were you when you started? Uh, 17. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you've been playing a while. So I've been playing a while. Yeah. All right. Uh, I actually went to the 2005 Grand Tournament. Yeah. Wow. Okay. When I was 17. Yeah. Oh, very cool. What? So what armies did you start out playing with? Imperial Guard. I also haven't looked back from Imperial Guard. I, I pretty much have played Imperial Guard through, throughout all the editions. Yeah. All right. Uh, are you still calling Imperial Guard, not Astra Militarum? Were you ever, oh, were you? I slipped. <laughs> well, damn. Uh, I, I will I alternate uh, just to keep the peace. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's okay. Everybody everybody I'm talking to calls them, calls them the Guard. Uh, I mean, IG is a lot easier to say than AM. It's That's just, true. It just rolls off the tongue better. I agree. <laughs> So how, how many points do you think you have in Imperial Guard right now? I I never I'm not a big Apocalypse player, so I never uh-huh. think of it like that. I never never pull out my whole collection to fight with. I have as many pieces as I want to make any type of Imperial Guard army that I want. Okay. Um, I probably have upwards of five thousand if I were to stretch it out. But, oh wow! Okay. That's yeah. Sizable force. Yeah, I have like I have. Like little boxes of three battle tanks that I I never pull out. That you know that's five hundred points right there. Right, that, right. That I just I, I don't use. But but yeah. Um, what's your general uh, guard configuration? Like what do you? What's your favorite way to play guard? I do uh, mixed everything actually. Okay. I really like having uh, a couple blob squads to hold objective objectives. Okay. Uh, generally about five Chimera born uh, veteran squads. So I have I have platoon commands. Uh, vet- Platoon commands, veteran squads, uh, in chimeras, and then infantry on the ground holding objectives, usually with a couple of tanks uh, around. And then, in more recent years, is when allies came out. I've had um, I've had Space Wolf allies, and mm. I've had Demonkin most recently. Oh, interesting. Okay, that's cool. So yeah. Play him as evil renegade. Yeah, we we ran a there was a campaign recently, and I was like, I was looking at the because you look at, at who your friends are, and you've been playing the same people for years. I was like, right. Um, well, the Imperial ra- players are going to roll the Chaos players, especially these days. If, yeah. Like, the, most of the, the really good armies are Imperial armies. So I was like, I better switch sides just to keep things interesting. So so I kind of, I made alternate commanders and made guys that looked evil. I like I have standard bearers for all my infantry squads, and I, I made evil versions of them <laughs> so that I, could, I can swap it out and play as... Uh, "Quote unquote, good guys uh, or bad guys." Very cool. Okay, so who who do you think is the toughest army to play as a guard player? Oh, the toughest. Anything yeah. that a Norse cover is really tough for me. Anything that a Norse cover. So uh, whether it's anti tank or infantry, uh, and that basically means a newer army. Uh, Tau is, is of course like in a shooting war, really really difficult. Basically, like. These days, most of the armies are hard because the firefighting is getting ridiculously good. Like the the new armies, like Mechanicus, mm-hmm. um, can just they're designed to to put out a lot of shots and be good at shooting. And guard is just a little bit older, so it's a little bit back on the step. And really, my specialty over the years has been killing melee armies. Uh-huh. Like I I set up traps and roadblocks and and I maneuver and I know like I I've known that you know those the right amount of inches to pull out my 
like groups of infantry squads out of chimeras and pop out of areas where they're not expecting them and, and hit them and, and take them out. But when it comes to just like the straight across, when there's nothing I can do against like high strength and ignores armor, then it's just dice rolls, and that, like then I then I get blown apart. Like that's that's when it's rough. Been going to tournaments lately? No, I've been I've been running my arm, but I haven't been uh, I haven't been going. To the, yeah, scene. basically because I don't think I could be competitive. Because with, with guard with these guard. days, uh, yeah, not without having a titan along for the ride. A titan, okay. <laughs> <laughs> not even a knight, a titan. <laughs> oh, a knight. Excuse okay, me. Yeah, right. yeah. a yeah. knight titan. A knight titan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, the yeah, the, they would offer up some of the uh, some of the melee potential. The the strength D uh, would would be nice, and basically would be just a huge damage soak to kind of force people off the rest of my army. And it like downing titans consistently is also really tough. I can put I've I've had it where I've put eight melta guns into into a knight titan and it just. Just dice rolls didn't bring it down, and then okay, I guess I lose. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you don't. Uh, what about other armies? Do you? I mean, you, I know you're playing mostly guard, but do you have you ever dabbled in another army? As a full force, no. You're loyal. Yeah, you're uh, loyal. Okay. Uh, yeah, the even the space wolves and the demonkin. When I run them, I have. Uh, I have converted guardsmen riding bears. Those are my bear cavalry. So the, yeah. those were Thunderwolf cavalry. And so they they even look like I'm running a, a weird type of... I, I run Valhallans, by the way, so uh-huh. everyone's, uh-huh. everyone's Russian themes. Uh, and bears make sense. And, and bears, bears make makes sense. Everything looks like it's coming out of the, the snow and yeah. runs and, and hordes. So you mentioned tournaments, that you're running tournaments. We're, we're here at Next Gen, and you've been running a, a Kill Team campaign. Tell us about that. Oh, the Kill Team campaign has been great. One of the things that I, that I had to do uh, is I have to... We're, we're kind of getting started rolling, right? Like, the, there's it's, it's building a community. Let's start with how long uh, the Warhammer community has been building here at Next Gen. Well, I I have been here for a little over six months, and okay. that's pretty much how long I've been building a, a community. Uh, there was there was like a little there was a handful here, and a, it, it's been growing every day since. So the the idea that I that I had is I wanted to make something that that the veteran players would enjoy, and that I could use to get some of the new guys involved, and Kill Team is just perfect for that. And I, I, I wanted it to be something that would also be equal, like kind of, because in Kill Team you can get really abusive if you want to be, as as you've seen. And yes, uh, <laughs> as I did um, once. So I yeah. chose a I chose a setting which was the the Bad Outboard, which is this. Uh, which is this uh, fight between space marines? It was uh, it was the this one space marine chapter and a few other space marine chapters were like, you know what? We don't really need the Imperium. Uh, the Imperium is holding us back if we want to defend ourselves uh, because they they had to give all this tithe and equipment and and they're like we're just going to fend for ourselves. So it became and then of course the loyalist space marines were like we're not cool with that and so it became this all space marine on space marine fight. So we've started doing this this kill team that's set during that time. So everyone's playing Space Marines. Is it set during 30k or 40k? 40k. 40k. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Battle War is during during 40k. Okay. Cool. Uh, so so it's still using the the current Space Marine Codex. Um, 
and it's it's roughly a squad like it it's not four hundred points right two hundred points oh two hundred points oh that's two hundred right. points 200 yeah my points. my oh, wow. kill team is is eight stern guard uh, <laughs> okay yeah I think the biggest kill team is like seventeen um, guys like and that's mainly scouts wow uh, yeah <laughs> yeah like the big the big guy to be afraid of is the land speeder <laughs> like, <laughs> whoa like whoa watch out <laughs> watch out for that guy with the pimp ride uh yes uh, and it is a pimp ride that's the sons of medusa one uh, and the sons of medusa are bright green so it is it is quite a pimp ride part of it was that you encouraged everyone to start paint building and painting a yeah so there was, there was a portion yeah. where we where we um it was about a month and a half i gave everyone to to build and paint their their mm-hmm. kill team uh, so I wanted everyone to have painted kill teams. I wanted everyone to have colors and be able to represent their chapter when we actually started playing. And then every week now, I've been giving out a mission. Um, and I try and make the missions all uh, narrative-based, kind of story-run. And I give objectives to each kill team. And the the loyalist ones and what I what I call the for honor, that's the traitor players, is because they're, they're really fighting for honor. They each have their own objectives, so it's possible that they, they both can complete their objectives in one game. So you don't always have to completely annihilate each other, is, is another thought behind it. Uh, although it does happen. <laughs> So, um, so it's mostly objective based. It's mainly objective based. Okay. Yeah. Some of the objectives are kill the other dude, right? Uh, but or kill specific guys the other dude had. Then it's gonna. We're actually in a couple weeks here, uh, towards the end of October. It's gonna culminate into a big um, kill team mega battle. So we're gonna do we're gonna do a big event where everyone comes and has their kill teams and people have the the games that they fought and the missions that they fought and objectives that they completed. Have actually are going to affect the, the final battle. So, so some of the, like the the four honor players have been doing particularly well and and have kind of roused the populace to their side. So there's going to be some of the the local pirates have actually joined on. So there's going to be like a, a small kill team of, of pirates that's uh, that's joined that's cool. on that side. To, to that's kinda, awesome. Yeah, to kind of fight it fight it off. Yeah. And that everyone's gotten special uh, little abilities that, that have been fun. Like, if you were participating in the campaign so far, and if you've, you've played in all the games, then you've become a veteran of this war, and uh-huh. you've learned some of the chapter tactics oh, of, cool. of the opposing army. So now everyone's a specialist. Uh, all the, you get three specialists in Kill Team. They can use the chapter tactics of one of the opponents you fought so far. Oh, very cool! So you can start to so people can still have some fun little combinations with their with their handful of dudes, and and you feel like your guys have grown, uh, and everyone has great painted. Like some people did some fantastic work for. How many people ended up uh, painting and joining the campaign? Uh, I probably have. Um, so I had sixteen people join up. I probably have eight to ten consistently each week, mm-hmm. um, and then I have I have a bunch of people who haven't shown up to play games, but have told me that they that they've made kill teams uh, and that they're painted at home. They just haven't been able to, to find the time to play, and that they they definitely want to come down for the mega battle. Okay, so. um, I think I may be joining the mega battle. Okay, it sounds excellent. it sounds excellent. It sounds like so much fun. Yeah. Uh, All right. It's, yeah. It's it's. You it's can been expect really Alec fun. and I to show up. On excellent. Play some excellent. mega battle kill team. Are you using the regular kill team rules or the Heralds of Ruin rules? Uh, the regular kill team rules. Okay. Because conceptually, I just wanted it. I didn't want to again because I I don't 
I didn't look into that rule set too much. I didn't mm. want to open myself up for more exploits. And I did want it to be about your squad of Space Marines. Right. 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 So so it's it's really about that one or two squads. It's not about like this mixed bag of, of heroes. It's it's kind of uh, quote unquote a historical battle. So so it kinda gets that feel a little bit better. Are you are you playing in the campaign as well? Uh, I do, but I don't do it consistently. I do it when okay. someone needs a tell. Needs a tell board. us about your tell us about your stern guard. Oh, oh, they're, they're cool. Uh, <laughs> okay. I I chose so so one of the cool things about the Bad Up War uh, is there's a bunch of chapters. There's some major ones. Uh, the Salamanders are one of the ones that people would know that took place in it. But there's also a bunch of of chapters that are just like pulled from random lore, and some have been some of them have been around since. Since Rogue Trader, since 40K's conception, uh, and I chose to do the uh, the executioners, uh, which are which are like original Bad of War, and they, they've been around for a while. Uh, and I and I read through all the Forge World fluff, and I and I loved them. I was like, why haven't I played these guys in the past? And I I just I I like them because one thing that I especially like is uh, most Space Marine chapters have two companies of Devastators. They actually have less. They have more stern guard than everyone else. So they're just like these these close quarters CQB masters, and they also have this weird kind of oral tradition that they pass down, um, where their their chaplains are more these people that take in stories from the battle and take in the stories of of how people died and pass them on. Whether it's victory or loss, just so that they can learn through battle. Oh, cool! And I, so I, I really like that that aspect of them. They're they're almost tribal in a, yeah, in a sort of a, a oral tradition, living history kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, and these guys are called the speakers for the dead, and they have more Ooh. chaplains than, than everyone else. And I was and it, and so I was like, oh, I gotta have a, a speaker for the dead and my lucky kill team. So he just became a specialist, but I converted this guy so that he's. They, they will collect, they'll take tally on the enemy, so they co- he's covered in, like, bones and trophies of war, the, the like, helmet of another of another chapter. Oh, on very his, cool. On his belt. And they're, they're very macabre. They have, like, a... I mean, as if 40K doesn't have enough skulls, but, uh, but they, they have even more skulls going on. What's the primary color scheme? So they're weird. Uh, uh, originally, it was... Kind of a a blue camouflage, uh-huh. um, and then in the um, in the Forge World books, they made them more of a silver with a blue tint, uh, which I ended up experimenting with. I just uh, airbrushed all of them silver, and then airbrushed them with blue ink, mm-hmm. and it looked fantastic. So so I went with that, and then they had one of the companies in the Battle War book was uh, I think third company was yellow. And so they have they have the yellow shoulder pads and and the yellow motifs on their on their helmets um, and I really like that as a contrast to this really dark blue. So they, they came out looking good and I have them splattered with blood and looking like my my style is like I make them dirty like they look like they go they go through warfare. So so I'm, I'm really pleased with the final result and it's perfect for me as someone who plays guard all the time. To have an opportunity to, to try a different project, to have Space Marines for a little bit. And, and in the kill team environment, when you're fighting Space Marines for Space Marines, it feels like people should die. Like, that's, yeah, that's the sure. enemy that you should be taking a bolt around, and then you die to it. Like, it's, you're not fighting, like, five guardsmen having them beat you up. That you're, fighting, you're fighting other Space Marines, so it feels right. 
Yeah. Oh, very cool. Very cool. How many how many weeks has that campaign uh, uh, been going so far? So I, I kind of left it open for how long we, we did it. Um, because I'm doing it each week, and uh, I didn't have like a structure as to, to how how many missions we would do. I was like, I'm just going to do it until it feels right. Five was about right, so we've been doing it about a month and a half. Okay. Uh, I kind of extended this last one so we can, we can kind of get the finale in. Uh, uh, so I, I've been doing it for, for a month and a half of consistent play. And then I wanted to make sure as many people as possible could actually come out for the, for the Mega Battle event. So there's probably another three weeks, unfortunately, in between. But that's just the way it's going to work to accommodate everyone's schedule. And there's some people that have been consistently uh, playing that, that I want to that I want to have there. So, so all in all, the thing is probably three months, but really about two months, two and a half. That feels about right. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's another thing that that I set out. I've seen I've been a part of of many campaigns and, and great campaigns. And I've seen a lot of them start off with like this tremendous amount of energy, and everyone's having fun. And then three months down the line, they they peter out, and you never have like a, a solid conclusion. There's never a big battle. You don't really know who is winning. No one cares anymore. Like, but I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to have that. I wanted to have the story arc, the, the beginning, the middle, of the end. That's a great idea. Yeah. Tell us how somebody can find out, get more information about uh, Next Gen, uh, the Warhammer Group and how they can possibly join this campaign or any upcoming campaigns. Okay, so uh, we are on Facebook. It's uh, Official Next Gen Games Warhammer Group. Or you can uh, find out about us at uh, nextgengames.com. That's just our, that's our website. Uh, and we have a calendar of events on there, uh, which, will, which will show the different events that we're, we're doing in the store. And also, we'll link you to other places like Instagram and Twitter and to, to find out about what we're doing in the, in the store. Great. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, cool. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank uh, you, George. Thanks for the update, and I look forward to seeing you in the uh, mega battle. All right. See you then. <laughs>fun game yesterday oh yes very fun <laughs> we played 1850 points all right on a four by four table i went with the annihilation sky hammer force with blood angels allies indeed and who did you go with i went with the necrons again i've been trying them out more all right so now even i hate the necrons <laughs> so i can tell you I, I hate i hate the necrons. i have not uh, I, I hate the Necrons. Not when you're playing them. <laughs> Not when you're playing them, right. So uh, go quickly go over your um, the highlights of your list. All right. Well, I think it was almost, yeah, very similar to my last list. It was um, had an overlord with which guard uh, bodyguards. Had um, it was all it was all at the Kyrian attachment, uh, Reclamation, Legion, two warrior squads, one in the Ghost Arc, one not. Uh, a group of immortals, uh, night sives, three night sives with the shield veins and nebuloscopes. Nebuloscopes, those are so useful. Let's see, I had a, uh, oh yeah, the witch guard and overward were in a night sive. The overward was heavily decked out, phylactery, resurrection orb, phase shifter, along with the night, I think it's a night veil? 
Uh, it gives two plus armor. I, I think it's the yeah. Night Vale or something like yeah. that. Something dark. Welcome and, to Night Vale <laughs> option. <laughs> okay, this is full of references. This episode is going to be full of references. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, so it was tough. So, yeah, so that's, that's the list similar to what you played last time when you played Necrons. I, I brought the Skyhammer Annihilation Force comprised of Iron Hands. And uh, I brought in one drop pod. I brought in three Melt-A-Guns. Uh, with one last cannon and a sergeant with a combi melta. Okay. And you have the, uh, melta baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the second drop pod, I brought, uh, two grav cannons with grav amps yeah. and two last cannons. And then mm-hmm. a sergeant just with a plain old signum. Indeed. Yeah. And, okay. That's my second drop pod. Uh, I had two assault teams. One assault team had a, an eviscerator and the other one didn't have anything anything special it just had bull mm-hmm. pistols chain swords yeah that's all I, that's all i could afford because i wanted to ally with blood angels and i need to have enough points for uh, a unique take on the blood angels so my hq and my warlord was astarath the redeemer indeed first time trying him first first time trying him i've had him painted up and he's been sitting on my shelf for a few months and i just wanted to try him and then he was accompanied by 10 death company one with the hand flamer and another one with a Thunderhammer. All with jump packs, correct? Yeah, all with jump packs. And then I had a second um, set of, I had a second squad of Death Company. Again, 10 of them being led by a chaplain wielding the Valor's Edge, which yeah. is the um, AP2 hits at initiative sword. Indeed. All right, we'll talk about we'll what talk happened about with that happened. guy. All right. <laughs> so uh, my troop choices were two tax squads, one with the last cannon, and the other squad with um, a missile launcher. And then I had the Sakarin battle tank. Indeed. Always uh, useful. Always useful. A, a great unit. Uh, yeah. Always does good work. Uh, and I think that was my, yeah, that was my, that was my army. So I, I really wanted to, you know, Emphasis shooting at the beginning with the sky hammer and then, and then reinforce it with, um, a lot of assault. So that was my, that was my thinking. Yeah, All right. That was I, this was not an optimized list. I really wanted to find an excuse to play Astarath in a way that, you know, I had him surrounded by a bunch of death company, supported by a bunch of death company Marines. Yes. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about what happened. All right. Okay. I, I neglected to mention, I actually did have, um, Wraith, Scarabs and, uh, Spider. Right. As so well you had the Canaptic Harvest. As well as the Nightbringer return. return. Oh, no, yes. You had the Satan. The Satan. Oh, God. The Satan. He was, yeah. He was surprisingly useful. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I, I won the roll off. And so I got to uh, deploy first and go first. Yep. And so I brought down the Skyhammer Annihilation Force uh, right into Alex's main line. Yeah. Yeah. So Alec, Alec had uh, the Canaptic uh, Harvest that included the Wraiths, the Spiders, and the Scarabs um, on my left. And he had the Warriors and Immortals on my right. And in the middle was the, the Satan and yes. a Triarch Stalker all right, to give okay. his, to give his um, Immortals and Warriors a BS5. So I, I, my priorities were to try and... Last time I really got uh, hurt by the fact that the Wraiths had reanimation protocols because of the spider. Oh yes. So I wanted to take out the spider right away. Yeah. That was that was like a priority for me. That way I think I could take on the rates with my assault units later on. Cuz otherwise that double four up uh, three up four up was yeah. just going to be just it, I knew it was too much to deal with. <laughs> so I wanted to kill the spider. 
Needless to say, in that first round of shooting from the Devastators, I okay, and this is this happened the entire game. I rolled horribly, <laughs> terribly. I think I managed the, to put one wound on the spider with a combined amount of shooting from one I, of the team of Devastators. Yeah, it was uh, it was multi, it was three multi melters, I believe. Yeah, and a las cannon yeah. along with the Sakaran. Along with the Sakaran. Yeah, yeah, all of them shot at the spider. And the spider made all of his saving rolls but one. Double saves. Double saves are the best. No, they're the worst. Reanimation <laughs> protocols. Yeah, reanimation protocols really saved the day. I, that was the theme of the entire battle, is that I would do a wound, and yeah. then Alec would just save it. Reanimation protocols would just bring back the Necron in question. Um, so I didn't do much damage there. My other Devastator team yeah. um, and Assault team were much more successful. So yeah, in that are. first round, I took down the Ghost Arc. Yeah, that was okay, so that, that was a bit of a blow. Yeah, that went down right away. And then I concentrated on your Tomb Blades. Yeah, and those, yeah, with the, uh, you did, you assaulted them, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so I think I eliminated one shooting um, uh, and then and then the Assault teams finished them off. Yeah. Right. So, so that was good. So I got first blood and I actually, I killed a ghost arc. I killed one wraith and I killed the, um, tomb blade. So that I thought I was off to a pretty good start. Yeah. That was good. That was now good. I knew that having my entire annihilation force out in the middle of your army meant that turn two was not going to go well for me, hmm. but I was hoping to get the alpha strike in enough and weaken you enough where later on when death company come in, I'd be able to mop up. I did some damage. But I don't think I did enough. Not nearly enough. Yeah, because they're, they're essentially like they have one shot. Essentially, yeah. it's it really is a flip of the coin, as a lot of people have been putting it. Yeah, it's they get one shot to really shove in some di- nice damage, and if they don't, then they're just sort of left there to die, and nothing really changes except you spend a lot of points for nothing. But if they do well then the opponent might be screwed. Right. So so what happened in turn in turn one for you? Okay, for two, so turn one for me, turn one for me was um, actually a little bit underwhelming, I felt. Okay. A little bit underwhelming. Um, my wraiths decided to attack one of the Devastator squads. The Nightbringer tried to charge another Devastator squad, but that failed. The There was a lot of shooting at the assault squads because I knew I'd have to get rid of them immediately. Otherwise, I'd just be dealing with them for a little while I, or quite a while actually the shooting was a little underwhelming i killed i only killed one off from one i only killed one assault member from one squad and i actually killed three from another but it, i still didn't feel it was enough so i charged the i actually charged the um triarch stalker into the four-man assault squad because i knew he had quantum shielding so i knew he would be pretty much untouchable by them except maybe did, they didn't have melts i don't think they had melt bombs right uh no they didn't have melt bombs yeah so that's uh, something i have to correct next time because I, I had nothing i i couldn't deal with the quantum shielding yeah. yeah i was my weapons were useless against uh against armor 13 and the the other 10-man necron squad charged the second iron hands the second Iron Hand squad. And that went, actually, I think that went well. They killed one off, and then, if I remember correctly, he, no, he didn't run. Did he run away? Yeah. You, you, you caused the second, uh, squad. You ended up killing one squad entirely, and yeah. then you, and the other squad, yeah, uh, it, broke, it a, yeah, and then ran. Yeah, the Triarch Sucker killed three of four, and then that guy ran. 
Funny, yeah, funny enough, uh, the Wraiths actually didn't do as well as I thought they would. No, I thought they were going to kill the Devastator squad that they went after, no, but they, they didn't. They left they left two Devastators with Multimeltas alive. Yeah. yeah. Who ran, but then regrouped immediately. Cause yeah, I, I, you had great saving roles, and I had pretty good saving roles all throughout. Yeah. I, was, I was shocked at how uh, tough Space Marines with uh, <laughs> three up uh, turned up. The, the Iron Hands is Feel No Pain, uh, six up. Wasn't that effective? Yeah, it didn't really help me um, with the Skyhire Annihilation Force. But later on, when we talk about Death Company, man, oh my god, those guys turn out to be incredibly resilient. So, so you didn't have a great round, I thought. Yeah, because my guys made a lot of saving rolls, and and you didn't, you failed to eliminate the um, one Devastator squad. Your Satan went after the second yeah. Devastator squad and failed its charge. Failed its charge. A four inch charge. And you rolled a three. Yeah, it was a one and a two, and I was just. Uh, <laughs> that was, but once again, the uh, Satan is fun to play because because fun. even though again not competitive because you always have a random power to yeah. use, you it's really fun to roll the Satan dice oh, to see what power is going to manifest. And he actually came in handy a little bit later, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so that was that was fun. So uh, in the second round, um, my death company came in. Yeah, they came in, and they what they did is that they they actually I had them deep strike closer to my lines because I didn't want to put them knowing that they couldn't assault after deep strike. I didn't know I did not want them in front of your field of fire from twenty Necron warriors, hmm. right? And yeah. and then five immortals that that would have just BS devastated. Two. It would have just yeah, BS two because your Triarch was still alive. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't want that. I wanted to set them up to be able to take on um, your rates when they eventually, you know, w- went up the field. Mm-hmm, yeah. But um, but that didn't work out so well. That, yeah. 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 They, they came in. For, and, e- for either party. Really. <laughs> right. Your rates, um, having failed to, to kill my Devastator squad, kind of ignored the last two guys and then went after my death company. So they ended up charging Death Company. Yeah, I f- yeah, because I figured. But in in the shooting that happened before that, a combination of the Sakaran and the Devastators ended up, and the missile uh, launcher from one of the attack squad ended up putting individual wounds on a whole bunch of different wraiths, which was the just most based on their positioning. Crazy thing ever, right? So you had all these half wounded wraiths. Yeah, it would have been better if I would eliminated them, but no. In fact, you had like out of, out of the five remaining wraiths. Four of them had one wound each. Yeah. You know, one wound remaining each. And you had one fully healthy wraith. And that was, that's what came after my death company. And I thought, oh, I can take these guys, even, even on the charge. Now you get five attacks on the charge because they had, they were sporting whip coils. Yep. And you're coming in an initiative five. Yeah. And my death company comes in at initiative four. Yeah. So you got the hit first. But that first round. Nothing. You failed. Nothing. Yeah, that's right. You failed to Nothing. hurt a single death company. They all made their saving rolls. Um, so I was very happy about that. Yeah. It yeah. Went, I was initially underwhelmed, but as the fight went on, <laughs> <laughs> as the fight went on, you managed to tie up death company with Astrath for three rounds. Yeah. That's insane. Round two, three, and four, I had to deal with your rates. Which just showed how tough they were with, um, even, even when they were separated from the spider. Yeah. They no longer had reanimation protocols. That three up inbound save, just say, you made it every single time. It was ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Two, so two things happened. One, that. Two, yeah. Astrath was the worst. 
Oh, Astrav <laughs> did nothing. Nothing, did nothing. I think he failed to do anything at all to the race. Constantly either missed or failed to wound. I had the worst luck rolling with this guy. He has something called the Executioner's Axe that um, kills on a um, on a six. Automatic death blow on a six. I couldn't even wound with that thing. I kept rolling ones and twos. It was so... Oh, no, it was horrible. So completely underwhelming performance by Astarath. And, and of course, he's getting wounded a little at a time. Uh, yeah, too, but, much, too much of that red wine, eh, Astarath? <laughs> There's reason the Blood Angels love their chalices. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I ended up killing the Wraiths eventually, but it just took too long. And it, yeah. and it, uh, you tar pitted death company with my strongest, my, with my warlord, my strongest unit. And there was not much I could do. My second uh, group of death company went after your flate. You had flayed ones. Yeah. I flayed. I had, I had infiltrated flayed ones up ahead into, uh, to get an objective. And, uh, they, so they were just sort of sitting on the objective. And when death company, and I was like, yeah, they'll, they might die, but they might hold them up for a little while. So I might as well just stay there. Flayed ones were pretty amazing. Um, I was shocked at the performance. I'm telling you, they are. They were. I think I'm going to say that they were your top performing unit. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, because we we know that the Lich Guard and that the Overlord are going to do well. Yeah. But in terms of an underdog, yeah, they were they were surprising. They get four attacks each. Yeah. Right. Um, four attacks each because they have three attacks base and they have four attacks because they have uh, two weapons yeah two That'd close combat weapons on a charge oh my but they didn't get a charge didn't but they were still they were every just... single one was four attacks every round then they get four up armor and four up feel no pain or yeah, uh reanimation, reanimation protocol. protocols and their attacks had shred oh and their attacks shred. had shred oh so flayed ones are such a good unit yeah. if you guys want to beef up your necron army get a get a squad of those because they held up a 10-man death company squad also for about three rounds with a chaplain with for- a chaplain now yeah <laughs> somehow i i would roll for my 27 or so attacks from death company you know in the subsequent rounds after round one and i remember to re-roll the hits and on 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 the charge because yeah. the chaplain but somehow I totally forgot about the chaplain. You forgot, yeah. You forgot. I forgot to attack with him, and I forgot that he had the Valor's Edge. Yeah. And so I didn't even end up using him. Uh, and later on, um, when when your Satan and eventually your Overlord and Lichgard joined that same assault, yeah, it, they just killed the cha- the chaplain. Yeah, it wasn't it was the mate that melee turned insane. Yeah, you well, I mean, okay, so I had a ten man death company unit that couldn't kill the flayed ones yeah, in the time. Fla- so the flayed ones were holding them up. Yeah, Satan eventually killed the Devastator squad that he was trying to kill, and then he, you know, mar- slowly, casually just walks on <laughs> up and is like, Hey guys, need what's, a hand? What's, what's going on here? What's going on here? I'm a star god. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you guys could use some help, flayed ones. So he joins, uh, he joins the assault and immediately starts killing him. I can't do anything because I'm stuck in assault and this guy, and oh, and death company are fearless. So I can't run away. Yeah. And he just starts killing all the death company, you know, just one at a time. Yeah. Flayed ones, it was pretty close. Like they weren't really wounding each other very much. Yeah. But as soon as the Satan joined the, the assault, it was over. Is he, what is he? Toughness seven? He's toughness seven, strength seven. Ugh. So ridiculous. Fleshbane, eternal warrior. Yeah. 
He's a monstrous creature, so all his attacks are at AP two, making him just oh AP two. So yeah, so my armor's no good at yeah. that point. All I had was a five up feel no pain, which I they made a lot. They made a lot. They did. They did. They I mean, did. the feel no pain really worked. And then, but then when you're you know Overlord and Lichgard also casually just walking up, hey, is there a party going on? What's going on here? <laughs> uh, it was it was. It was death for these guys. My Sakarin kept doing things, you know, like, you know, wounding the spider and wounding the, um, the warriors, but it, you know, it just wasn't that effective because a lot of the combat was taking place within this sort of like central uh, area that we had built with terrain. Mm-hmm. So they were, they were kind of close, you know, all the combat was happening in places that were, they were just not in line of sight of the Sakarin. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I eventually killed your, okay. So I ended up killing your track stalker, your ghost arc, your tomb blades. I killed your wraiths. I killed your spider. I killed all your scarabs. That was a great, but <laughs> you kept drawing. We're, we're playing uh, cleansing control, or no, uh, uh, contact, contact lost, loss. contact lost, and you kept getting great cards. Yeah, and I kept great getting the cards where basically you'd have to take what I had. Yes, um, you kept getting ones that you were sitting on, and I kept getting ones where I had to go and conquer. Yeah. So you kept, you just, the differential in Maelstrom points just kept getting greater and greater every single turn. The great immovable object. Right. Um, but you were also doing a really great job. I mean, it, at the end of the game, I was down to one five man tax squad with the last cannon. Yeah. And you had a, an, oh, and, uh, and then one single devastator. Yes. The lone devastator. And then, um, my Sakarin was gone. Yeah. 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 It was crazy. Yeah, the uh, Astroff eventually, Astroff and his squad eventually killed the, um, he eventually killed the Wraiths after a while. And they were able, then they were moving towards my, uh, the last position. Or not my last position, but my, um, where my scarabs were. And funny enough, that would just happen to be the time that Satan and the Witch Guard, oh yeah, the Witch Guard eventually joined the combat in the middle. And the uh, flesh terrors finally mopped up all of the all of Death Company. The the flayed ones. Yeah, the, yeah, the flayed one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just as they're coming right around the corner of like this building, as they're like using their jump packs, all of a sudden they are able to immediately go right toward. And they had great um, they had great consolidation rolls. They had great consolidation rolls, so they were able to move like like eleven, twelve yeah. inches. So- Let's celebrate after we kill one squad of death company by killing another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Satan, the remaining flayed ones, and the Lich Guard Overlord went into assault with my second unit with Astrath. Astrath and the Satan fought to, in a challenge. Yeah, in a challenge. I... You had a higher initiative, though. You initiative five? I know. I, had, I actually only had initiative four, but you were using an unwieldy oh, weapon. Oh, God. Yeah. Another reason not to use Astrath <laughs> is that he has this um, axe that adds plus one strength, and it's got this killing blow, but it's unwieldy. So you're fighting an initiative one, which is horrible. Yeah. I, I'm means... done with using unwieldy. Unless unless you've got a chapter master that has a two up, three up, you know, save. Yeah. I'm I'm done. <laughs> it's, it was horrible. So, yeah, I mean, he'd be doing fine against normal, you know, sort of troop units or something. But against a star god, he does nothing. <laughs> yeah, against, he, was, it, he was like, what, sixes to wound or something. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was. Yeah, your toughness was too high. So anyway, you end up killing Astarath. And then again, what happened last time happened again. You kill all the re- remaining death company. Um, So uh, I played on till turn six, but it was... 
It was literally in the cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had, I did not, there was no possible way I could win. What finally ended up happening, the score was 13 to eight. Yeah. I'm like, oh, actually 13 to nine because I had a line breaker at the end. But big deal. I, it was still 13 to nine. Yeah. I, I think I also had a line breaker. Uh, so, yes, you did. So it was be, so 14, 14. To 9, 14 to 9. Yeah. So it was a fun game. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was tough in that, um, I just could not break the Necron's uh, reanimation <laughs> protocols. It, the decurrent attachment is just oh, really man. hard to deal with. So yeah. I'm going to have to go back and reconfigure things. This, my, my list, I'm not making excuses here, no, no. but I am. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, but, but no. it kind of is. I wanted to try the Skyhammer Annihilation Force. I played a game over at Next Gen Games against Dean Olson, really nice guy. Yeah. And a uh, thousand points. And um, I brought this guy, Hammer Annihilation Force, just to try it. And he played his second game of the night and he had a Demonkin army. And um, it, it wasn't optimized at all. It was just based on the models that he had. So yeah. it wasn't, it, it wasn't, to- optimized. wasn't optimized at all. And, and the Skyhammer did a great job. Yeah. And, and we, we actually didn't finish the game, but it was looking like, like um, it was going to go my way. So I was thinking, all right, this is a, a good unit to use and I'm going to, you know, play with it more. It really is. It, it comes down to, are you going to get lucky? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know there are people out there who will probably be able to play optimize. It. Yeah. Optimize its use and be more strategic and yeah. use different tactical doctrines like by using the ultramarines yeah, yeah, or crimson ultramarines fists. And just activate all the tactical doctrines. On exactly. I, I don't play that way yeah. necessarily, but I was still hoping that it's inherent strength and inherent rules would be enough to like make a difference. And it, it did. So yeah. I learned my, I learned my lesson. No, yeah. Well, to be fair, the Necrons are just so hard. If I was playing Corn Demonkin, I think you would have had a better chance because they're, because yeah. they're more squishy. Yeah. They're more, they're definitely squishier, which would have helped again with the Skyhammer Annihilation Force. Yeah. Yeah. But oh well. Oh well. So that's our battle report. Necrons versus Iron Hands and Blood Angels. Indeed. I, we hope you enjoy it. And that concludes episode five of the Eye of Terror podcast. We want to thank you all for listening again. Uh, your support's been great. We Our audience keeps growing and growing, uh, which is really happy to see that, how fast that uh, we're gaining listeners. So thank you very much for listening. Please tell your friends about it. If you get a chance, subscribe to us on, on iTunes. And uh, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate us and leave a comment. And also, we're on SoundCloud, where a lot of people like listening to us. So please feel free to comment uh, there. You can reach us at uh, the Eye of Terror podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us a note. Other than that, I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Thanks.